This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. What is going on? Back here with the Living Lean Podcast today. I'm joined by my man, Ben Novak. First in-person interview. Thanks for being here, dude. My pleasure, bud. All right. So for those who don't know, tell us basically what you got going on, who you are. For sure. Well, I'm Ben Novak, like Jeremiah said. Um, I run a small boutique fitness club here in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and we work personal training, small group, nutrition, several different things. Um, it's awesome. We have amazing trainers that work with us. And then beyond that, we also do corporate wellness as well. Um, so it gives us a chance to travel all over the country um, and speak with uh, corporate businesses, mostly partner level, um, on kind of creating a balance uh, in their life. And it could be a several different things, whether it might be um, nutrition talk, so eating on the road, whether it might be mobility um, or strength training, kind of the proper way and fitting it into their lifestyle. Um, and so those are the main two things that we kind of have going on right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I love it. And like we talked about, dude, like one of the biggest reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is first, you are really, truly just somebody like I try to be more like, like when I first moved to Scottsdale, well, I was on, um, Joseph's podcast and he's like, okay, I got to connect you to, and he was like, all right, dude, so you gotta, you gotta meet this Ben dude. I got to connect you to like this dude trains all these millionaires. He's like crushed it. I was like, oh shit. Like I'm super nervous to meet this dude. And you were like, went out of your way to text me before we'd ever even met and be like, yo, like let's get together. Like what can I do to make your transition to Scottsdale easier? Which to me at the time I was like, I didn't really even like understand but I feel like like that's one of the things I admire about you most is like, and this is kind of a random tangent to start this podcast with, but actually that's something that I wanted to touch on a little bit before we even get into kind of your backstory is like, one thing I've noticed about you is you really go out of your way to like, I guess I could say like, there's the book Go-Giver, the mm-hmm. Go-Giver, like be a Go-Giver, right? Like just go out of your way to help people. Like for me, I was like, dude, I don't even know like why this is going so far out of his way to like just like lift with me, whatever. Hey, like come hang out, come on a hike with us. Like what has like fostered that for you? Um, well, I'm not going too much into my backstory right now, but in the past, um, you know, I've, I've had some amazing things happen for me. I've had some really shitty things happen as well, but I've had some people who have given a lot to me. And I think that as far as why, you know, I, I think that I'm an intelligent trainer and I've come up with a lot of great stuff, but I think that that's not what's really helped build my business. What's helped my business has been caring about people and really going out of my way to really, really give a shit so that I can help people out, whether that's in person or, or whatever. And when you finally, when you have a mindset of just like, I'm just going to give something, right? Whatever it can, something's always come out of it for me, especially if you don't come into the idea where it's like, what can this person do for me? Right. Because yes, there's lots of people in my life that can do lots of things and lots of people that don't. And it doesn't really, I don't really know when I show up. Right. But you never know what kind of value you're going to get out of somebody. And it doesn't matter what sort of vein it could be. So for me, it's always been like, what can I do to give back? And what can I do to care about people? Right. Um, and I just get some sort of satisfaction out of that. Um, and really it's not that hard. I mean, just people are always in their own mind and so am I as well. Same right. deal, but it's kind of like, you know, if I can, you know, sit down and have a cup of coffee or, you know, have somebody to come lift or come be part of our world, you know, just something's going to get better, you know, and, right. and, and we can all, we all sit down and meet people. Right. And you're going to figure out, in a certain amount of time, like what people's intentions are, where people want to go and that sort of thing. So it doesn't take a long time to just like hang out, see what people are about. And then you can go from there. Right. And I know we were having this conversation the other day related to business, actually, like anytime things aren't going your way, like if you're not, you don't have the clients you want, just go out of your way to like give away more. Like how can I give away more? Right. But I love it. Yeah, for sure. So I would say, I mean, especially with you guys, I mean, I have so many friends that do big, huge businesses online. And I know that you guys are just like all this content that you're giving out. And for us, you know, I don't do nearly as much content online. Uh, I do certain things online. But in person, it's like, what can we do 
to, you know, give back and kind of be part of the community and just give as much sort of stuff in person, just like online. It's the same sort of deal. Right. Um, and, and I know that, you know, I've been, this is the third gym that I've been part of and, and been part owner of or full owner of. Um, and I know that, you know, there's always ups and downs in every business, right? I mean, if anybody tells you that everything's hit the ground and just been amazing the whole time, they're probably full of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, for us, it's like we were talking about the other day, it's like, you know, things are really good in one area and there's another area that I think that we could improve on our stuff personally. So I'm just, that's what we were talking about is like, man, what can we do to give as much, you know, back to this area and then something may come out of it. And if it doesn't, like we gave it our best and what are we going to do Just sit around and do nothing? Right. It's right. Like, what can we do to give stuff away? Right. No, I love it. And that's why, like, again, taking it back to the online thing. So many people hit me up and like ask, like, what can I do to like build my coaching business? Like, how do, how do you get clients? Like, literally just, like, you have to, like, super consistently, like, give so much shit away. And I don't know if, like, is that how you see, like, attracting in-person clients to, like, as a gym owner? Like, just give away shit, give away shit. Because I know you have, like, right now you guys are doing, which I don't think at all this is, like, to try to bring more people in. But you're, like, sponsoring a kit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, for sure. Like, right now, well, and that goes kind of back to my backstory as far as sponsoring the kid. And that's kind of a... A special thing for us. Um, you know, I, I grew up with nothing and, and then was able to, you know, grow from there with the help of others and with just a lot of hard work and, and being good at our stuff. Um, so we're sponsoring a kid to give a full scholarship to, to the things that we have going on. We have a lot of families that are very fortunate. Right. Um, and so I think it's really neat to be able to give back and be in that par- parcel. And then as far as like just giving back in general, um, you know, it, it, if you don't know what to do, one, you have to get really, really good at your craft, whether right. you're online or you're in person, like oh, 100%. be super, super good. Like you get, you get hit up for stuff online. I get hit up for people in, in person and I'm always just like, be amazing at what you do. <laughs> right. Like go to every single seminar, do, you know, you know, bug the hell out of everybody in your area. I mean, right. just like you would do or, or some of the people that we know that are really good. Um, and, and then also just give it away. I mean, because it will eventually get back to you. Everybody who's like nickel and dime or I will never do that for you unless you give me something. Yeah. Good luck because oh, there's well. just so many people around. No, 100%. I had a girl on the call the other day and she didn't sign up. So she had already told me like, okay, I'm not going to pay. So I was like, all right, that's like fine. I get it. Like, because she was, she had just bought a new car. She's yep. like, I got to make the smart choice for me. So I was like, okay, dope. That's fine. Like, here's exactly what I would recommend you do. And I spent like 10 minutes telling her like, okay, here's everything you need to do to get the results you want. She's like, why are you telling me all this? Like I already said, I'm going to pay you. It's like, I'm not, as a coach, I don't sell information, right? Like everything we know is already out there. I feel like a coach's role and another client I was just talking about this with today is more like, we're just like a sounding board to one, hold people accountable, but to really help people get out of their own way. Yeah. And and I would say, I mean, we're definitely not in the charity business, right? We're here to oh, make no. money and our, our, our stuff has value and we know what that is. But on the other hand, like you giving 10 minutes to that girl is mm-hmm. going to, you know, put her in a position where she's going to be successful and be able to help out. And that's not, you know, you giving away your free, your, your, your business plan or being like, oh, I'm just going to discount to give it away. For right. you. That's not, not what we all. do. I would personally rather give instead of discounting all of my services because we charge a lot for our services. Right. I would much rather keep our services at a high rate and then either scholarship people or give people a nugget enough things that they can do on their own right. and give it back that way and still understand, yes, we're in a business. Yes, we're here to make money, but we're also here to help people as well. It's not a charity, but, right. but we can still give back and you know influence our community in a good way. Right. And I mean, there's also like that, like every coach says, like when people don't invest at all in themselves, like I know so many people that I've given free programs to or like talk them through like here's exactly how you set up your macros here's what your macros need to be for you here's how do i how i adjust it and then like six months later they'll hit me up with the exact same question so like again like investing in yourself there's a saying the more you pay the more you pay attention which is like somewhat cliche but it's also very true like that shit does make you like i remember what it was just like december of last year december 2018 when i first hired my mentor it was because well, one of my first mentors, it was because I like didn't have very many clients at the time. Like what I paid him was literally over half of what I was making per month. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, I literally like have no option but to make something happen. No, no, that's like, especially with your background, I know that's not like good financial advice at all. But the idea is like, it forces you to like truly act and like get uncomfortable but the thing is is, i mean people pay a crap ton of money to college and they're in massive amounts of debt and they're doing all these different things especially starting off you know 
it, it, like for you, for, for anybody who's just getting going on it, like investing in yourself wholeheartedly right. and then, and then being able to put that stuff back out there is going to be, it's going to come back 10 X. Oh, right? You're not, you're not just being stupid and being like, you know, you're, you're seeing this fake fantasy out there and then, and then you're right. like, Oh, I'm just going to make it because you know, I'm not right. going to work. You're doing the work. You're investing in yourself and all that sort of thing, especially when you're first starting going into whatever project is. I mean, Dude, if you if there's so many people uh, who I know and respect who are making seven figures in this in the fitness industry who have would if tell you that they have dumped so much money oh, yeah. into so many different things, good things and bad things. Right. They had to invest in it because they were like, you don't know all the answers. So it's oh, like, yeah. how do you, how do you put that money in there so you can pull it out some in some sort of return down the road? Right. And sometimes it's just like <laughs> that shit sucked. And so like you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn from it. Oh no, hundred percent. And I feel like every like really successful or really well-known coach or like even like gym owner like whatever like whatever you would rather tie yeah. yourself but like anybody in the industry that has done well has like gone to like you were saying so many different seminars or like bought so many different coaches programs like i know you have a shit ton of certifications yeah. right like mm-hmm. investing in yourself over and over again like it makes you as a coach more valuable right like if you want to like i see it how like if you want to increase your value does this make sense make yourself more valuable basically like if you want to make more income off coaching make yourself more valuable you are more valuable i mean right after all that stuff even in our culture so i have four guys that work for me right now uh work with me i should say and uh, we even uh, you know even out of our our budget we budget for education for them because i want them and they're all amazing like some of most of them are smarter at, than me at some sort of aspect right. of it and we invest back into them and just because i want them to have the same mindset and to be honest with dope. you those same guys will go put money out because they're just like here i'll match you for this i'll pay for this because right. i want it to be so so important to them and um it was so important to me and i don't want you to be like oh you, you don't, shouldn't choose between like can i eat tonight and pay for this education right. but like you were saying before there's so much stuff online you can study and you, you, can, oh, yeah. you can invest your time as well but as much money as you can spend on yourself like it's right. awesome no but it's also dope that you do that as a gym owner because like i know like at the big box gym i worked out for the longest time like it was like most everything was like okay how am i gonna like figure out how to pay for this yeah. as a broke ass trainer so that's that is dope that you do that but anyways this is taking a lot different turn than i expected <laughs> yeah, yeah. at the start but yeah. you have a dope backstory let's go ahead and get into that and i mean you can start wherever you want probably like the childhood the upbringing is okay. a big part of it so if you want to just dive right into that okay I'll, I'll i'll touch a little bit and then if you want to go any deeper on to anything yeah, else sure. Um, I grew up like, like I was saying with not much at all. Um, you know, a single trailer, um, abusive, uh, father, um, and a single mom who worked three jobs. And so, um, so crazy. Yeah, it was, it was, it was tough, but I, you know, I don't, I don't define myself by it, but it's just part of my history. Right. right? Um, I don't make the, we just, I usually don't talk about it that often anymore, especially, um, you know, that backstory. But anyways, you know, um, from there, though, I had amazing people come into my life um, who have always helped me. And that, you know, that whole thing that you said in the beginning is like, Ben, why do you help? And why do you just like give back all this time? Because, right. you know, I had a guy who came into our life and, you know, was became dad to us. So he had my grandparents who, you know, never best, missed a basketball game. I had people who paid for me to go to a, a special school, um, but my family couldn't afford. Right. Um, so I had all these kind of deals. I would say I have like five mothers on Mother's Day that I need to like <laughs> hit up because I'm like, Oh, Mrs. J and Miss right. Hung and, and all these different things. I got to, you know, I got to take care of all of them because they were always there for me. And like, I ate way too much food and hung out way too much time with all of them. But I had just had these amazing people that came in my life. And I don't know if I had like help me written on me or what it was. I just think <laughs> that, um, I just, it, I was really blessed to have all these people come at the perfect time right. that didn't be like, here's a giant handout, but just like, you know, here's, you know, come sit down, let me talk to you, let me help you and those sort of things. Um, so I feel very, very fortunate. Now, the rest of the stuff, you know, working hard and, and you know, getting basketball scholarships and, and playing college basketball and coaching college basketball, uh, all that stuff obviously comes from hard work and, right. and then led into um, my passion for sort of fitness. Okay. Uh, I would say that, you know, not going too far back, but just kind of like what's more relevant to fitness 
you know, I started um, and coached college basketball for two years and really fell in love with the fitness industry. I was on a diet since I was in fourth grade. I always struggled with weight. (laughs) um, And, you know, I didn't have any, I didn't have great role models. My grandmother, rest her her soul, like she was amazing, but Cokes and, you know, fried Pillsbury was her idea of like our nutrition. Right. Right. So like, I always struggle with that. And so like, I, it was always important to me to figure out kind of where it was. I lost 90 pounds three times. Damn, um, yeah, three. Three times, yeah, because okay. it was a roller coaster of going into high school and being a pretty good basketball player, but, you know, waddling up and down the court because yeah. I was carrying so much extra weight and, and didn't really know what I was going to do. How much were you at that point? Like, what did you weigh? Uh, I was 315 or something right. like that, but a different 350. I'm 6'8", but it was, like, so soft. Didn't Couldn't bench press, like, you know, 175 pounds. Like, right. just... Just could never do a push up, never did a pull up until I was I graduated high school. Um, so just you know, some out of shape guy. Um, and then from there, um, coached for two years and realized when I was my first dream. I, I joke with some people. I always ask them like, when you were six years old or seven years old, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. Basketball coach was always my answer. And they're like, oh, you don't want to play? And I was like, no, I love playing, but coaching's like my passion. That's what I want to do. That's dope. And so I got to and, play, and coach for two years, and it was. It was a lot of fun and I enjoyed the relationships, but uh, as most people know who are in the coaching world, it's mostly recruiting. It's a lot of time on the road. Uh, that was the second time that I gained you know, a crap ton of weight was in grad school okay. um, because I was on the road all the time. I moved to Tennessee and got introduced to Sweet Tea and Chick-fil-A and all this other crap. <laughs> Let's uh, go. Yeah, right? Not good stuff. Um, but I just found that I enjoyed working with the players and I spent right. most of my time, I did the strength and conditioning for them as well. Um, and I enjoyed that portion of it and the one-on-one contact so much more. So, you know, I got more offers out of the second job that I did for coaching and I was like, you know what? This isn't really for me. I want to experience something else. Um after college basketball, I was good, but I'm not not great at all. Right. Um, but I got offers to play overseas, but I had injuries, meniscus injury, and like compressed discs and that sort of thing. So then um, I had somebody. It was 2009, so 2009. You're that's probably you were just hanging <laughs> out, right? But for the old people, like 2009, the, 2008, the economy took a crap, and so 2009, I finished grad school, and I was like, okay, well, shit, what am I going to do? Right. I had a buddy, and he was in uh, he was in Asia, and so he's like. Hey, come to Vietnam. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I am not going to Asia. But I'm sitting there and finished, just finished grad school, just finished gaining a whole bunch of weight, had broke up from a serious relationship. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Watch the episode of Anthony Bourdain, no okay. reservations. And he's like, Vietnam's my favorite. Nah, nah, nah. And I'm like, all right. Let's, <laughs> That's what did it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, you know, I don't have anything else going for me right now. Um, I had got a couple job offers, but it was like, where do, what do I want to do? Uh, I kind of wanted a break. So I, Drove my car from Tennessee back home to Northern California, sold my car, bought a one-way ticket, and headed off to Asia. Shit. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm going to be here three months. It's just going to be hang out, kind of just chill, whatever. I fell in love with the people. I fell in love with the culture. Um, and so I was just like, you know, it really still has my heart. I actually just went back last year, still talked to people from right. there, and, and so passionate about in, in Asia and like the people and the culture and, and the food and all kinds of other amazing <laughs> things are there um, that, that really loved it. Um, 18 months later, so uh, 18, 19 months later, um, going into the, my grandmother had quadruple bypass and my grandmother was the one who basically raised me. My mom right. worked three jobs, but she wasn't around. So I decided to come back, see what I could do. Um, and I came back and then I decided um, I'll hang out for a little while, stay in the States. I was teaching at the time. I was teaching international business and that's, I didn't want to be a professor. It's I don't not, think I knew that. Yeah. I, I didn't want to, it's not really what the direction I wanted to go. Right. Although I love, I coach now, but, right. and, and teaching was fine, but I kind of wanted to do my own thing. So came back, kind of took care of my grandma that she made a turn for the good. Um, and so I just came to Arizona to see some friends. Um, and when I came to see some friends, I never left. I didn't have a job. Okay. I didn't have anything. So I moved down here. How old at this point? I was 24, going 25, 25 okay. when I moved here. Okay. Um, so this is 10 years ago. And okay. then I moved down to Arizona and and, um, and then from there, it, it started into the gym industry. Okay. So uh, when I first got here, I got a, I got a job as a broker because uh, I was like, well, I have, you know, I've done strength and conditioning, but I also have an MBA. Right. So I'm like, well... I, you know, let's see if I can use this MBA a little bit. So right. I got a seven and a 63 does a license to trade stocks. Um, and I was like, I'll try this for a little while. 
Um, and for me, um, you know, having somebody tell me when to take a break, um, and kind of, <laughs> you know, just being like on a regimented schedule wasn't the perfect fit for right. me, especially coming from Asia when I was, you know, I taught international business. I was a director of studies. So I kind of like ran my own deal to coming back. Uh, I just decided it wasn't the best fit for me. Right. Are you of, somebody that hates like having any type of like authority figure over you? You know, I, I don't, if somebody is like dictating my whole thing i have that kind of entrepreneurial spirit right. because you know being in three different gyms uh being a part owner and an owner um i like to like i don't mind grinding for 12 hours or 14 hours a day to start mm-hmm. my own thing but if somebody's like you know you need to do this and you need to do that i i mean we i played college sports so i'm used to some guy mfing me and like right. you know telling me what to do but it just i didn't feel like going forward that i was like they're like for so well, so for some people this gives them comfort you know, in X amount of time, you're going to make this much money. In X amount of time, you're going to make that much money. So three years, five years, whatever. But and that's like your ceiling. For me, that, yeah, yeah. Well, that, and I just like gave me a panic attack because right. I'm like, dude, I want to be able to make my own stuff, my own ideas right. and whatever. Now, I usually ended up in the beginning working for way less money <laughs> and like working more and more hours, but it was still my kind of thing. And that's right. what I wanted to do. Okay. Um, so then I was there for six or seven months. And one of my friends uh, who's very successful here online and also in person started a um, started a gym and it had like 25 people or so. Um, and so I, I had been kind of talking to him. He had helped me with some coaching and, and I had done coaching. We kind of go back and forth. We we're lifting partners. Right. And uh, I was like, this is Jeremy. This is yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy Scott. So I just talked to him about getting into uh, working with him. So I bought into part of his gym and became a partner with him uh, and along with another one of our guy, friends. Right. Um, and then the three musketeers were in uh, North Scottsdale. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and we grew it. The gym blew up and we had an amazing time. We were all great, really great friends. Now, was the growth of this like, because that was when you guys were like approaching people at grocery stores and shit like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this is 2010. It sounded like that was a grind. Yes. Yeah. Tell was, us a little more about that. Yeah. So this is 2010 and like there was Facebook, but you know, we would sit and we actually make fun of Jeremy now because we'd like laugh when we're like, oh, Facebook, like what's this going to be? Or what, <laughs> you know, what, how great is this? Now, Facebook been around, what, 2006, I think it came yeah, out. Yeah, quite a while. So it's been out forever, but it wasn't like, I don't think as far as business utilization, I we didn't oh, understand dude. it that well. People were using it, but we right. just didn't know what we were doing. Probably like Gary Vee and all these like really smart people are crushing it on right. there. We were just kind of figuring it out. So anyways, we were getting into um, understanding that. And we finally, that next year, really dumped a lot of time and money into it and got better at it. But, I mean, we would just walk around with, like, T-shirts, our T-shirts on and walk into grocery stores, do every single fun run, do every, like, you know, shoe store. We would we were at horse shows, and I'm terrified of horses, uh, <laughs> really? riding, on, riding on horses. Well, dude, I'm 275 pounds. Nobody wants to see me on top of a horse, right? So, uh, <laughs> so I would... Um, uh, we would do um, like clinics at horse show pe- for horse people because if you guys know Scottsdale, Scottsdale's got a huge horse community, one of the biggest. In the I country. did not know that. Yeah, one of the biggest okay. in the country. Um, and so we met some amazing people there. So we were training for there for free. We were just everywhere. I mean, grocery store. Hey, I'm Ben. This is Dave. That's Jeremy. Like just at you know breakfast <laughs> spots anywhere we could just talking because we didn't have any money. Oh yeah, and we were trying to make it work and it. It worked really well for us. So when we were at his gym the first time I met Jeremy and he was telling me like, you think you have it hard right now? Like I used to have to <laughs> approach people at grocery stores. I'm like, it's like, damn, yeah, you're right, dude. Yeah, yeah definitely not the uh, let's post a Facebook ad or an Insta- Instagram ad and that's like the thing. And right. I, I still think, I mean, I, I think online social media is amazing, but it's always transitioning and like there's different vehicles that it could mm-hmm. go in um especially for in person like our community is everything to oh, us yeah. so like how are we involved in the community and even if you're online like how are you involved in the online community but also your regular communities like oh, how can yeah. you how i can agree you be part of that you know what are you what are you doing to give back to like people you see on a regular basis i agree and like even for even for me though like my most of my clients come from word of mouth still yep. i mean as somebody that like is strictly online. So a hundred percent, I agree for sure. And those are the people you want, right? I right. mean, eventually you get to a place or, you know, you'll get to a place eventually where you're going to be really big and you'll get all these people you don't know, but the people who are referred to you, even when you do get bigger, like they're the ones that already bought in or they're the ones oh, that like, you have that social proof, like Susie, you know, already dropped 10% body fat and she feels stronger and she's healthier and she has more energy than she ever had before. And you know, now she tells Jenny and Jenny comes to you and it's like, 
they're going to be more oh, compliant. No, they're going to they're going to believe in the stuff that you're saying. One hundred percent. So, anyways, the, at this point was when you were building the first gym, correct? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you built three since then. So no, two two since then. So Jeremy and and our other partner right. Dave and and I all worked on this one. Jeremy had started it, and then we came in, helped build it up. We were there for about two years, um, and then we decided we had three of us, so we had three chiefs basically, right. uh, and no Indians. So that we just decided, okay, well, what are we going to do going forward? Uh, and then. We broke off. Dave and I broke off, and, and then Jeremy hired a couple extra people, still friends, uh, and decided to come down into Phoenix or the Arcadia area. So basically, for people who don't know, it's 20, 25 miles away. Right. Um, and started a new uh, gym from scratch. Um, and so we built that out for about three years. <clears throat> Went great. Built up another amazing community. Um, and then Dave and I decided that we were like, okay, well, let's break off and do something on our, on our own. Uh, so then Dave went ahead and purchased my portion of the gym and then I started another one. So then, okay. uh, um, then we had all three gyms going and very successful. So it was really right. awesome that these three guys came together to start, start something. And then all of a sudden now one, two, three, we're all open. Right. And that's in the gym industry, especially like you hear about so many gyms that like fail, like everybody that loves lifting stream is like to start a gym. For, for the sure. most part, right? Or like so many people are like, oh, I want to start a gym, I want to start a gym. But truthfully, it's very, very hard to like have a successful gym, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, most guys give themselves, um, they, they, they leave something because they're like, well, I'm going to go do this on my own and make so much more money. And a lot of times the issue is, is you get out there and you're like, okay, crap, now I have all these extra responsibilities and now I have to cover my rent and all these different things. And now you've opened your own place and you have your name on the door, right. which is cool, but it's really, really tough. Like Jeremy's been open now 11 years or so, which is awesome. I mean, the amount, the percentage of people that make it past 10 years on any business, mm -hmm. like I have so much respect for anybody that makes it more than five years, uh, 10 years, I forget what the number is, but I know it's less than 10% of small right. businesses that even make it that long. Um, you know, in this last gym that I, I started, um, we just, this month is actually our fourth year. Okay. Um, and so the other ones, you know, I've been part of this, been for 11, the other one for seven, and then this one for four. Um, it's just, it's so much respect for it because, you know, a lot of times you break off and we have all this like passion and, and we're just going to do this and crush it and whatever. And you forget all the other stuff that goes along with it. Cause it's not just training people. And even cause you're, if you're a dope trainer, it doesn't really mean that you're going to be completely crowded or you're going to be right. able to make your bills. And what are you doing to look at your numbers and what are you looking to do to build your community and also to build other kind of people up? Because if you don't have an amazing group of people surrounding you, it's really tough. I know, you know, just because we've talked about Jeremy, Jeremy hasn't, you know, a couple of amazing people that work for him. Right. Um, and they become like family to him. You know, I have, you know, three, four, I have four amazing guys who like I consider family and they're, and they're really great and they, and they build me up and push me to be better. Um, so if you're not willing to do that and kind of like, you know, watch your numbers and all the other important stuff, then just opening a gym, like if right. they fail all the time, I mean, there's gyms everywhere and they're just open and they're closed. Oh, hundred percent. So from having the experience of, okay, you've basically, you've paid a, played a major role, if not led and like three very successful gyms being started like what are then like the commonalities you think like that make those three gyms kind of the outliers that have been successful um i'd say some, one is know your numbers right so i, I think that it's kind of the boring stuff and you and i have talked about <laughs> you know finances and that sort of thing yeah. but i think that most of the time people don't understand what their true numbers are. And, and I could be even guilty of um, in the past, like just kind of shooting from the hip and you start off, right. you know, and you're just like, we're just going to make everything happen. But the deeper you get into it, if you really know, you know, you know, your, your P and L and you know, kind of where you're going with it and how much money you're going to spend and, and your, what your, what it costs for acquisition of client, all the boring stuff that nobody cares about that doesn't get shown up on Instagram that you're doing like late right. night by yourself. Um, I think that, you know, or, or at least getting somebody in there who knows what they're doing for that to help you out. Um, a lot of times people think like, oh, I can, I got to do everything. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I've learned over the last few years is finding people to help me out um, who are really skilled in those areas. But then also coming back, that's eventually a buck stops with us. Right. Um, to always growing because you'll die. I mean, you see a lot of trainers in the industry and I, and I know you've been around and all across the country and you see these guys who come in like so gung ho right. and then they get burnt out. 
And it's it's very typical in the training industry. I think the average trainer lasts like three it's years, something short. like I that. Think it's, I think it's less than two years. Okay, so real real short. And and you know we've been lucky to have guys that have been here for a long long time in the industry, um, but they're going to do an extra education. You know, with us, we work like as a team. So guys are taking time off. So they're not training um, and not always there all the time. So they're able to like get a break and kind of refresh and go on a vacation or be part of something else every once in a while. Right. Um, so if you're learning always, you're part of a really cool community where you can kind of iron sharpens iron kind of deal. Right. Um, and you're kind of watching your numbers. For me, those are like the meat and potatoes. Are you really good at what you do? And I look back, I'm sure you do too, is right? Like, I've been training now for 11, 12 years. And if I look back, I'm like, oh, crap, dude. Like nine years ago, <laughs> like I was showing that person that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but at the time, I truly believed that I was putting forth my best effort. Right. I had studied and understood the science behind the training that I was doing. And I had a reason for what I was doing. Right. A lot of times you see this, right? People just be making shit up. And I'm like, <laughs> I, just have a reason why you're doing it, right. and then and then we can go deeper into it. But you know, if you're if you're willing to always grow and evolve, then your clients can grow and evolve with you. If oh, you yeah. just get stale and you're boring, like and plus the training industry is so new, so it doesn't mean that like you need to come up with the new fancy funkiest exercise. Right. I'm not saying that at all. However, like principles and things from 20 years ago are not the same. It's very you know, true. things are evolving and changing, and getting better all the time. Right. So no, I agree, and that's. I, me personally, I've noticed like anytime I've quit learning new things, I like get burnt out on it so much quicker. Like lately I've been diving so deep into like all this stuff with like, like I've been talking to you about like the resistance profiles of different exercises and all like a bunch of shit around programming. And I've like been, when I'm writing my client's program, just like so hype about it and like been spending a stupid amount of time on each of them just because I'm like so stoked about it. But anytime I don't do that. Like if I'm not learning, if I'm just doing the same thing over and over, I feel that like you get just burnt out so quickly. So yeah, I love that as far as like constantly learning. I feel like it's a huge piece of it. For sure. And the more stuff that you go through, the more you start to identify who you are and then incorporate different portions of what you're doing. So what I mean by that is in the beginning, right, you take one, we take one certification, you come back and you're like FMS, like I'm doing every FMS right. for every single person and like this is the way it is, right? Um, and, and that stuff's cool, but the deeper you get into it, especially if you have some sort of, you know, background in really study, mm-hmm. and the deeper you get into every certification, you can sit there and be objective to be like, okay, you know, uh, I've done functional range conditioning or I did PRI or I've done, you know, training for warriors with Martin Rooney or whatever these things that you're going to take on, you can sit there and be like, these are all these modalities and these things are amazing they're really awesome right. and how can i incorporate this into my belief system and what i'm doing and not bastardize it not just completely screw it up right but sit there and be like okay i think that this approach works really well with my style and then also get your ego out of the way and use it for your clients um in the best way to suit them and it just puts 100%. another tool in your toolbox like you and i talked about this before it's like what's the difference between a, uh, a good trainer that's early out like first two years and somebody who's you know 10 plus years in the industry it's just more ways to say it like most guys can teach a squat but now once you've been in the industry your cues could change a little bit more you could just you've seen it so many different times you can cue it in different ways or just teach it in just a tiny bit different way and that's what you know the old school guy who's done more who's actually progressing and learning right he had just more tools to to be able to teach the same thing oh no i agree and again like we talked about like at the start of this podcast i feel like that's the value of like because there are a lot of coaches that listen to this like the value of just like buying so many different programs taking so many different certifications like you said it like gradually like and this has been something that i've really seen a lot over in like the last year like all of a sudden you have like these like almost like i can put together like a method like it's all these different pieces i pulled from like okay whatever i learned this from christian thibodeau and like this is from john berardi and like very different people but you know it's like all this is kind of combined to like okay this is like what i found to be like most effective and this is like turned into like my own unique way of doing things which is dope to see yeah but i feel like you can't have that unless like you said you're learning from all these different people. For sure. I mean, it's just, it, it's literally, I mean, we try to reinvent the wheel and there are 
things, there are baseline things you need to learn. I'm not discounting that at all. Like it, there really is important factors in science and you need to understand those. And if you don't, then that we're wasting our time. Right. But then once you get deeper than that, a lot of times people are saying the same thing, but in a different way oh, yeah. or, or they just may have an approach. Like everybody wants to be right. Or, and, and my thing with fitness right now is like, everybody's so dogmatic, right? It's like, it has mm-hmm. to be this way. And, and that's why even for our corporate business, like I feel like there's a disconnect between fitness and and the corporate the regular world and like I'm trying I, that's why I'm that's my kind of new mission going forward yeah. but like looking just in training is like okay I understand that but do we all have to be does one person have to be right and one person has to be wrong in some cases yes there are <laughs> there are some shit that's just wrong right. but for the most part like there, it, usually it's going to be maybe, or I don't understand. I, dude, when, when I started training, I, I tried to, like had thought I had an answer for everything. There's oh, sometimes yeah. I look at people and I'm like, I don't know, but I'll get back to you. Whether, right. whether, whether it be, you know, for nutrition or be whatever it might be, or, or when we're on the corporate road or whatever it might be, just having the confidence to be like, I don't know, but I'll find out the answer for you because now you've done all these resources, you take all these courses and you know all these different people that can help you, you know, continue to cultivate and be better. Right. No, I agree 100%, dude. So you're talking about this mission that you have now to kind of connect fitness to the rest of the world. Can you go deeper into that? Yeah, for sure. So I think that... um, I, I think the fitness world is awesome and I think that there's so much information that's out there free um, and that, that so many more people are um, digging into health and wellness, uh, which I think is great. I, I think that, you know, 50 years ago we didn't have all this stuff and now we do. However, the clientele that I'm working with uh, on a pretty regular basis has uh, where they're like, um, I'm going to, um, you know, fly in a private jet or I'm going to run this multi-million dollar, billion dollar company, or I'm on the road traveling a million miles in the air. So doing all these things are super busy. I have three kids at home. So see, like we look at somebody and be like, all right, I need you to work out for an hour and a half today. I need you to never drink. I need you to um, <laughs> never have any stress whatsoever, even though your right. boss is driven down your, breathing down your throat, or you have 250 or a thousand employees that are re- uh, relying on you for a paycheck. And you're traveling and you're stressed. All these things are coming up and you'll be like, okay, but I need you to do this. Don't stress. Sleep eight hours a day. Never drink. And don't worry about your kids and all these other things. And they're like, okay, F you. Like this is complete bullshit. So for me, I think that uh, a lot of times within fitness, it's like, well, this is what I do and you should do the same thing. And so for me, that's where I feel like the disconnect is. And a lot of people who are in outside of the fitness world, I think a lot of times, especially people probably listen to this are like, they're in the fitness world all the time. Your right. Instagram stream is all fitness people. So you guys are in it all day long. Mm-hmm. But the regular people that are out there, you know, you may be you or somebody else that's out there that's some sort of influence or fitness, maybe the only one or two fitness people that they follow at oh, all. Yeah. You are, they're, you're it. It's right. very true. Right. But it's weird because like us, it's like literally we think that everybody else has like this crazy amount of knowledge about fitness. And I think it almost like warps your perception of like, how much your clients know until you realize that like most people that work with you, you're literally like the only fitness person they follow. For sure. And that, and, and that's important, <clears throat> but it's also important for us to <clears throat> not just be dogmatic and say like, this is the only way to do it or think that every single person wants abs because I just don't know if it's uh, totally attainable for somebody who's going to travel all the time and running these giant companies or working all the time or have all these kids. However, what can we do in a shorter amount of time or on a, on a habit based kind of thing? Right? right. I know you work on a lot of habit based stuff. So how can we get people to buy in on small principles um, that are going to have X component, like a big X on their return? Okay. So because as we know, right, like if you start on a 10 percent um, increase on something, so you change somebody's life by 10 percent, you take that out over five, six years. Right. It's going to be a big, big change because like when we go in and speak to corporations, it's like. Yes, I understand that you are killing yourself for this business, but there's life after business. And we want you to be able to crawl around with your grandkids. And we want you to be able to enjoy life after you retire. Right. Um, and also be really successful at the stuff you're doing right now. So like our whole buy-in is like, how can we make you more effective mentally and physically right now? And then also when you retire and you're done, that you can enjoy life so you don't just like 
work your ass off your whole life. You have this whole pile of money and then you're like, shit, like now I'm paying for hospital and all this other stuff. And I like, I worked my whole life and now you have no quality of life. How terrible is it that you're like, did work so hard and now you have nothing to show it. Right. Yeah. You can't go take the safari in Africa or you can't go travel and play with your grandkids. You can't do these things. So for us, so for me, it's, it's not one specific thing that's on my mission list. It's just trying to take the best things that we see in fitness, okay. whether it may be mobility or, or nutrition or workouts and try to simplify them. And then also take the portions that we think are going to create the biggest dividend for people. Because everybody talks about right now is like, this is the perfect plan. Right. And sometimes the perfect plan isn't the perfect plan if it's not perfect for that person. Right. Right. So it's trying to make up something where we're like... This, these, th- these little small habits, we're going to fit into the things you're going to do. You know, we can teach this person how to breathe better, like literally diaphragmatic breathing, like, right. or we can, you know, they can replace two things in their diet uh, or, or, you know, you see this all the time. Everybody's dehydrated. So it's like, well, can we get people to drink or to okay. do, you know, whatever it might be, small little things that seem s- stupid, simple. And a lot of people are like, okay, roll their eyes and be like, oh, that's, that's not important. <laughs> But you go talk to these guys who are like crushing it in the business world, like not the fitness world, the real world. Right. And they're crushing it, killing it, making so much money. But then they're struggling in this other area. So how can we make it where their lives are better? Um, and I think that that's a whole world in general that's going to make things better. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of want to dive deeper into this process then of like meeting people where they're at because i feel like that's one of the hardest things to do as a coach which is kind of what you've already alluded to so is this more in like a group setting that you're taking people through this or like you're working with people like with this one-on-one also correct it depends yeah so like here um i i get i'm lucky enough to get to work with some you know amazing people here mm-hmm. um and so one-on-one will d- dig into their life and kind of see what they have going on what their habits are and ask a lot of questions okay i think the problem is we sit and don't ask enough questions we want to show people right. like all our knowledge and show them like how great we are and like how we can create this amazing plan for them right. but if we shut up for a little bit and listen to people a lot they're going to tell you they're going to oh, tell yeah. you what their problems are they're going to tell you all the stuff they have going on and then you can start looking at their life as a whole instead of like on the micro level, on the daily level. Mm-hmm. You can look at it on a weekly level or on a monthly level, on a yearly level to see like what they're doing. Then also on the road for we also speak to groups as well where we'll go in and speak to either small groups or large groups. So it could be anywhere from, I don't know, 12 to you know, a hundred people and just kind of like incorporate small things. And every group's different, right? So like the usually the people that are bringing us in are going to say, well, we'd love you to focus on these deals. So it's a little bit harder when it's one-on-one, especially like the coaching that you're doing online or some of your people, excuse me, they're able to, um, you know, you're able to dig a little deeper into the stuff. And and even if you don't spend three hours getting to know their whole life story, questionnaires and like, and you're going to see habits and tendencies with people over time. So digging into kind of what's going on. And and, and then, then also like kind of understanding like, there's more stuff going on like stress, you know, Robert Sapolsky's why did zebras don't get ulcers like changed my life because it was like understanding like the effects of stress on people uh-huh. and like how real it is and how like, you know, you could be able to handle your whole world burning down and your you know parents dying and, um, you know, you losing your business and whatever and somebody else like their dog could have surgery and that could affect them right. worse than you and, and not judging that but just understanding like what's going on with oh, the yeah. hormone complex, what's going on with, you know, their eating habits because of this. It's, right. it's, it's unbelievable. And I think like for coaches, that's one of the biggest things we've had this conversation a lot as far as like empathy goes, like Mm -hmm. understanding that (laughs) just because like this isn't the most important thing in the world to someone else doesn't like make them less dedicated or like less of a person than you because you're so dedicated to this shit. It's just like one, like you said, just like literally like people's chemical balances in their brain determine so much about like how they can handle these things mm-hmm. st- which i feel like i know for me like when i started coaching was like one of the hardest things like i can do this why can't this person do this yeah. you know yeah but i mean th- that that's a great point and then but like you said not judging it and then also but then then we talked about this other day as well is then also setting proper expectations for them right because if somebody comes to you and they're like they can't handle the stress and they can't stick with the plan but then they want the crazy results well that doesn't add up but as a coach 
if you're sitting there and like giving them pro- proper expectations and mm-hmm. really laying everything out, then you're like, okay, where are you? What are you willing to do? Right. And here's what I believe you're going to have to be able to do to be able to attain where you're trying to get. Yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes we we set the wrong expectations for people. We set the expectation for them. Sometimes we're like, well, I think that they want to have, you know, a rock and six and jacked arms, right. right? And they may just be like, dude, I want to be able to not breathe heavy walking up the stairs. Right. Or I want to be able to um, like fit in my extra large shirt and feel like I'm not busting out of it. Right. You know, and, yeah. and, and I'm not saying, and, the, and the, the thing is, it's really cool about coaching is, is it's, it's always a slippery slope anyway. So once you get them to get the results they're looking for, they're probably going to want more anyways, but just right. being patient, but then also setting expectations, not getting frustrated. Because I see some coaches, they just become somebody's best friend and they don't push them and they set no boundaries and they give no expectation. And then they're just like, you should go have a beer with them instead. Right. <laughs> and then other people are just like, have unex, you know, like you were saying, right? They're unrealistic on what they're doing. And they're like, why does this person not want to be me? Right. And they're like, they're not you. Right. You know, and they're probably have some other area in their life that they're absolutely crushing it at too. Right. But they're, this is where they're having this area and that's why they're coming to you. That's why they're paying you the money because they want, they, they're doing well in these areas they family or, or, or spiritual or whatever it might be, but they need help here. And that's why they're sitting in front of you. If we didn't, we wouldn't have jobs. Right. No. And I think that's one of the most important things too. Like when I first started coaching again, it was like all my clients have to get shredded or I'm a failure. But like for so many of my clients, that wasn't like their definition of success. Right. Yeah. And that's what I like on the initial call I do with clients. Now, like one of the things we always talk through is like, okay, when you get like what you want to achieve out of this, like. How do you feel? And we talk through like super specifically like where they want to be. And with so many people, it's like, yeah, I don't really care about like getting ripped. I just want to like learn how to like balance this better, have more of like a lifestyle balance, which really again comes down to like, like you were saying, like one, figuring out where they're coming from, but then two, like what are their trade-offs, which I think is kind of like the same thing you're saying with like meeting people where they're at, right? Like, or we've been talking about like the graphic precision precision, you put out, right? Where it's like. And I think that's something that that's something that's helped me a ton is like, okay, to achieve this, like for the people that do want to like, okay, I do want to get abs. Like, okay, the reality is like one of my clients is like, a coach. I just had this conversation with her because she's about to get shredded for a cruise. Yeah. Shout out to Rachel. She's listening to this, but yeah. it's like, okay, like right now your actions don't match up with which one, which is fine if this is like where you want to be, but we have to like understand these are the trade-offs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but then, but then, like you said, if you sit down and have that conversation, then, then we kind of understand it because expectation, my, my, I always say expectations lead to disappointment. So if they, if somebody, if your expectations don't match kind of your, where you're going, then, then you're always going to have some sort of disconnect. And then once you have that disconnect, then you're frustrated. Both of you will be frustrated. So, and some, and then it's, then it's not a good fit for anybody. So it's always trying to lay out everything. Um, and then, and then it is our job to, you know, push people just Mm -hmm. a little bit and be like, okay, you can go a little bit more. And that's why people want to coach because they're going to make them step outside their comfort zone. Right. But also it's, I, I say this like three times already, but stop trying to make people you. Yeah. Right. And when you, and you step out of it and have a little bit of empathy and try to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, not sympathy, but empathy. Right. Then all of a sudden things change. So as somebody that's super personable, like I think you're one of the best at just like randomly just talking to people. But how do you kind of draw the line between like, being a coach without like you were saying like just like okay i'm just like the person that goes out to a beer with this person but like we're buddies like how do you kind of or like with your coaches how do you help them establish like okay here's the line because i know like when i first started coaching i just wanted my clients to like me Mm -hmm. so i didn't want to do anything to like hurt their feelings or like potentially like make them angry at me which again i think i did a lot of my clients a disservice with that at the start because my clients weren't hiring me to be their friend, right? Yeah. So how do you kind of like help people establish where that line is? Okay. So two two things. One, sitting down on that initial thing, mm-hmm. speaking with them and setting where their goals are and then revisiting that. So a lot of times we we do the initial consultation and we never check in again. So for us, like in our space, even in our group classes, we have targets that we're trying to hit for people. Right. Whether it be showing up. You know, if somebody doesn't show up, they're going to get a call or a text from me. Uh, or if it's going to be, um, wherever their, their goals that they walked in the door for, for, uh, for, and then in three months, do we hit those goals? Do we not sitting down, having another conversation and then kind of understanding where we are. Some people are like, dude, I'm fine. Like I'm so happy with everything. Right. I don't care. 
and and that's okay. Like if that's what they want, right. and that, you don't want to be like, why aren't you pushing it yeah. so hard? But you you may want to say, okay, well, what? Do you, where do we want to go from this? Because I think that there's always times in life, like my body fat right now, and we talked about this is higher than where I want it to be. So like right. I in the past I was like, well, I'm going to do other different things that that I'm giving up um, where my body fat should be. Now I'm like, okay. It's time to get back in shape. And that's why I have you around that always giving me crap. Uh, right. So it's like, okay, let's get myself back into the, the best possible shape. But that's more, that's my new goal. And that's where, back where I want to be. Um, so I think that that's really important. And too, like if you think about it for sports, a lot of people, especially that are coaches, have coached before right. uh, or have been coached. Um, sometimes a voice gets old, right? Like Doc Rivers moves from, you know, the Celtics to, um, the Clippers or another or a football coach will move from one team to another. Well, why is that? Sometimes it, their voice just gets, you know, broken down or, or um, kind of a little bit stale. So what I do in our place is that all of our guys work with multiple clients. Mm-hmm. And so like this I have a super interesting. I have a lady who I've worked with for 10 plus years. She's like a mother to me. I spent Thanksgiving with her and like we are like I'm literally part of like their family. Right. However, like when I I because I hire amazing trainers that are like what I think world class. I will say, and she fought me in the beginning, but it was like, okay, so two days a week, one day you're going to go train with this guy, another guy you're going to train with this. And we sit and talk about all our programming. It's not just ad hoc, like, you know, one off, like you're going to do this and you do that. We sit down and be like, okay, so for, you know, Kathy, what are we going to do? We're going to, you know, write this program for her and here's how we're going to get the goals for her. And then having her work with somebody different on a regular basis, but you got to swallow your pride because you're like, I'm the best for helping this person. Oh, yeah. But for us in our gym, there's no competition because we all work together. And so it's going to keep that client longer and engaged right. um, for, for a further point. And she'll say to me like, oh my goodness, this this coach taught me this. And why didn't you? I'm like, we just went over that. And that's okay. Right. It's okay. Just swallowing your pride to be a cool because that voice. <laughs> I got, taught you yeah, that. Damn it. Yeah. My voice, that voice got through to you right. because you've been you know hearing me over and over and over and wash over you over time so i think that and sometimes like we even think for like online right you're like you want to have this client forever right. and it's really cool um but sometimes our voice just gets a little stale now you can counter that by always be learning and kind of leveling yourself up which is a great thing mm-hmm. so i would say one it's just checking in with people on a regular basis and understanding where they're at and, and are they getting what they want out of it right and having a serious conversation on a regular three, six month, nine month, or twelve month basis, quarterly or, or biannually, and then two, being okay with the fact that like we've had clients before that I'm like I don't know if I'm the best fit for you anymore, right. and that's a funky thing to say because you have to like sit there and, and check your ego and just be like okay maybe it's time for you to go on to somebody else, right? Um, and, and that's okay, um, and, and that's that's kind of the things that we work on on a regular basis. Okay, okay, yeah. that makes a lot of sense, and. Yeah, that's what I think it's just for, like, many new trainers. It's hard to, like, it's a very fine balance between one, like, being very empathetic and, like, of course, like, it's great to be friends with your clients. Like, I love all my clients to death. I attract dope clients. But at the same time, like, I found more and more people really appreciate it when you are truly, like, you're not acting in alignment with what you're telling you want right now. And, like, actually hold them accountable to instead just, like, uh, it's okay. Like, just let us lie because I don't want to like piss them off, right? But I, I will sit there. That goes back to the goal setting. So right. if you sit there and you be like, listen, you know, you're you're they're talking, and you get into a conversation. First of all, trainers in general, I think we we talk way too much about ourselves. I, I remember <laughs> I remember Mark Rooney telling a story, and he was training. I think some big football guy, and the guy looked at him. He's like talking about a story, and Mark Rooney's amazing. And the guy goes, I I don't really care, dude. This is not about you. And it was like shocking him, right? And so like I, I, that story like stuck with me and I'm screwing it up, but the basic gist of it. Um, and so like really listening to clients and not talking about ourselves because we sit there all the time and be like, oh, I want to relate. So you're, you're, you tell a story, then I tell a story. That's how we communicate, right? right? So, but then also being like, this is important. I care about you and I want you to be, you know, really great at the stuff you have going on. But then you know, you said this is what you want. So they talk and then all of a sudden be like, cool, that's awesome. Now let's go. Right. And you don't have to be an asshole about it. Just like break into it. And the better you get and the more confident you are. Like I know that especially when we bring, when we've had newer trainers come in and work with us, they they don't want to interrupt somebody. And it's not, it's not, they're like, uh, <laughs> but if you sit there and just be like, I'll come over and put my hand on their shoulder or even behind our own guys. And I'll just be like, 
hey, are we going to go here today? What's going on? Right. Just you make it fun and playful, but then still, you know, getting people to move. Because right. honestly, at the end of the day, really, that is our job. And if you're not doing it, like you said, you're not living in your own integrity because you're not getting people the results. I know that sometimes I've had to sit back and be like, all right, like, am I really doing the best thing I can for this client? Did I really show up? Um, and like, if you're willing to have that conversation, like, that's that's a good conversation to have with yourself because a lot of people are just we live in our own head and we're like oh well I have this problem and that problem and this problem but if you show up we call it like our Dexter face right like you, you, you know you're <laughs> you're like in, in your serial killer you have this different person but when you come to work you bring the donuts and you're like happy and jo- you know joyful and stuff so when you come through the door put your face on and be like this is totally about that person not about you oh 100% um, and, and then usually things work out a little better okay I love that answer yeah. dude that's perfect all right so one other thing we've talked about that you seem to like attract for whatever reason, like you talked about, like all these very, very successful people are just like randomly, like the girl from the bachelor <laughs> that just like, it's like, yo, I want to come train with you. Like just out of nowhere, you seem to like attract all these people. Do you think there's anything to that or like, no, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, it, we, cause that's something we talked about. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel very fortunate. Like I've had a lot of, um, and most of the people who, who I get a chance to work with are not like the, the TV personality, but they, they are very, very successful in some right. aspect of their business. And, um, I, I, I don't know, like, I don't know if there's like a special like sauce to it or anything like that. I, sometimes I, I wake up and I, I think that people get caught in the, you need to grind, grind, grind. And I was that way for a long time. I didn't think I was worthy to work with people or to charge more money or do these other things. And when I changed probably like three or four years ago, um, and I still have had amazing clients for 10 years, but probably three or four years ago when things got a little bit better for us was um, just being like stepping into, you know, I'm worthy of the, to be able to do this. And yes, I'm offering an amazing product and like abundance will come to me. I just need to sit down at the table and enjoy it. I mm-hmm. think that in the past, um, I was, I was under the impression that like, I wasn't worthy of this or I was just this kid who, you know, you know, I grind and you know, if I can make six figures, Oh my God, like I just really made it. And then, and, and I was like, you know, just care about these people and, and, and not try to take anything from people. I think that that's the biggest issue. I think that a lot of times people are, that are, that are successful, um, and talking to a lot of people that are successful, I think that they, they have their antennas up, right? Cause people are always trying to leech off of other people and try to take something from them. Right. And so like, I don't think I have like some kind of special answer or anything like that, but I, I honestly in my heart know that everybody who I talk to and that I work with, I don't, I'm not trying to get anything from them. I'm trying to get them results and try to help them. And sometimes they become friends or we become, you know, like a deeper relationship than just the gym. Um, but it's, it's more so like, one really fucking caring about people and two not uh, not trying to exploit people i think that that's a big deal it's kind of like that you know um when i sat down with you for coffee and you're just like hey we're let's meet and i was like let's talk i never felt like that you were like ain't trying to get anything it was just like hey i just want to meet people and i'm right. trying to learn the neighborhood and like what do you do and, and then i was like what do you do and you can kind of figure that out and th- there's a lot of people that are like can, you know, tire kickers, right? There's like, well, I'm only going to talk to you if you're going to do something. <laughs> right. You don't even told me, right? I've gone to conferences or me too. I've gone to conferences like, well, I'm only going to talk to you, you know, if you have, you know, 500,000 followers on Instagram or not. Yeah. And and it's so obvious. that's like, it you so can feel much. it, right? Dude. Then they're just like, they'll sit there and be like, oh, I'm just going to talk to that person because they have that, that going on. Well, that shit comes back later because oh, yeah. people, they can, you know, people who are successful are going to be able to feel that. And, and they're not going to, they're not going to want to, uh, have any sort of relationship with, cause it's just, you know, there's givers and takers in the world and we're both, we're always both giver and taker. But if right. you're just like trying to leech onto somebody else and like, I'm only hanging out with this person cause they have this, it's just, I think it's really, really crappy and I don't think it works out. So for me, I think that one, like just kind of stepping up and being like, you know, one, I deserve this and like life is abundant. There's a lot of abundance in life and you just mm-hmm. got to be willing to be like, step into that. Um, and then two, it's just you know, treating people right and like they're a normal person. Right. Like I don't know, I, I I don't I don't get starstruck or like it'd be 
Like, there's a couple people in the world I'd love to meet, but most of the time it's just like I'd rather hang out with you or, or somebody else who's like has is a genuine person who's trying to get better themselves. That's because that's the thing. It doesn't matter what how many zeros in your bank account. You're if you're you, you can be a dick or you're not, right? right? Like you can be a good person or not, and so um, that's that's the most important thing. And everybody struggles with the same stuff. Like so, I've I've went and talked to people, and I, it's funny because sometimes I'll, I'll somebody will ask me for advice on something, and they, you know, have crazy amounts of money and I'll just be like I'll be sitting there talking looking around it why is this person asking this right well it's because we have the same freaking problems they right. just have more zeros in their bank account and their one portion of their life is not adding up right or they're still working on it so we have several different areas in our life that we're trying to grow and be great at some people are great at money some people are great at social influence so some people are, are great at changing tires or some people are really great with their kids right and that that or or amazing teacher who makes forty thousand dollars or whatever and like those people don't get any sort of credit but they're really amazing at their job and they have a lot to offer to whoever it is depending on who they are just we have social you have a social hierarchy of how people are right yeah one percent yeah i feel like I was talking to one of my clients who's also coached about yeah. this the other day because she was talking to me about, like, how do I go into, like, selling clients in person? I was like, you have to, like, quit with the mindset that, like, you're trying to sell them. Just, like, go into it with, like, how can I best help this person? Which I think is kind of, like, what you're saying just applied to, like, any relationship in general. Like, going into it, how can I help this person? And in turn, that normally turns out to be, like, a positive outcome for you as well. For sure. And if you've done... Like we said, if you don't have the brass stacks, if you don't have the knowledge to be able to help the person, you should probably, you know, you, <laughs> may, you may not be in that job, that position. But like, so your your friend, if she's going in and she knows she's done the work and she knows that she can help those people. Right. She should go, you know, you can go into that room and be like, I know I can help you. I know that I can change your, your life in a positive way. And this is the rates I charge. And that's just the way the, the way it is. And so, but it is tough. Like, right. So selling in the beginning is, is right. always tough because it's like, uh, what does this person think about me? Or if they don't, I, I don't know if they're going to you know be okay with this. Right. And it's definitely tough in the beginning. I mean, I would be lying if I said that I never, ever think about it anymore, but it's definitely like. You know, this is the value that I'm going to be able to add. And I think that I'm going to deliver the value plus some. Right. And if you go into it with that mindset and you really, and you over deliver, then. Right. And I feel like part of it too, is just like being a coach. Like, like you're saying, you know, like when you've impacted so many people's lives, like the more people you've like truly been like, okay, I have really made a major impact in this person's life. I am worth this. That confidence is also just something that comes in time. Right. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Dope. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, man. So before I let you go, is there anything at all you want to plug? Uh, no. I mean, we, we we're, if you're in Phoenix or Scottsdale, I mean, we have Spire uh, Health Club is amazing. We have a great group of trainers and stuff. You're always welcome to come hang out and check out the stuff we have going on. Um, and and the other thing I would say, too, is is if, if you – need anything like I, like Jeremiah said you, you feel free to reach out I'm always happy to answer questions um, and give my little bit of knowledge and a lot of times it's just connecting other people right? right so like if I can't help you I can be like oh I know this person and same thing with Jeremiah or anybody else that's out there I think that that's that's a great kind of just being a bridge between people because that, that's an amazing tool as well right and I would say truly for like any in-person trainer or like any gym owner that listens to this you'd be an incredible resource so at least what's what's your Instagram handle throw that out there <laughs> uh, it's just Ben Novak dot Spire um, so yeah check check it out and then uh, let us know and we'll we'll hang out sometime perfect yeah. all right dude again thank you so much for coming on yeah for sure thank you